And welcome back to the Not Made for Everyone podcast. We're here to talk about what's going on with PRT, the critical race theory. Um, as most people know in the news, we've been talking about that within the education system, especially within the history class. On with us today, we got our, our, our regular co-host, Jay, and we have Ms. Toy on, who is our clinical support to our podcast. <laughs> Okay, so I'll say hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. So, if we're talking about critical race theory, let, let, me, let me give the foundation of it. Let me give what, it, what it's supposed to be. It's basically it's supposed to be things of a school of thought to explore and critique American history, whether the society, the institution, the power that include government and legal systems from race-based perspective. That's what it's supposed to. It's supposed to explore from whether even this is related to race or or gender within feminists about what's going on in the movement and how to contribute to the laws that were created and affected people, whether it was about their race or by their gender or by both. Whether it was if it's a school of thought that you try to incorporate the access. But after I pushed that into K to twelve curriculum, which is in 50 states, thousands of millions of schools. It's not included in any curriculum but they're trying to bring it up. This day is a current history. <laughs> what does it look like is affecting you and your, your, your subject area you have to teach? Well, honestly, it just looks like another way of brushing everything under the rug and making students pretty much ignorant to the to the problems that this country has and not educate and not educating them in the issues that affects us today. Even even there's even up to a point that in certain in certain um states they are telling people that the whole civil war it was about states' rights, and that it wasn't about slavery at all. And I don't know if it's true or not, but even to some extent, they made it. They're trying to make it sound like slavery was like a regular job. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that was in Texas. Okay, as you know, all this comes from. All this anti-critical uh, race theory, <clears throat> which is taught mostly in pre-law or in law, it's not taught in the public school system as is. They say for grade school, So, what they have explored in it is a lot of things they have been exploring. Is one thing is that we're going to try to wipe out anything that people think is a certain way. So what it's really to do is um, think in one way until um, how to say it. So you only can get the whitewash theory of what's going on. And I believe that it's important to include 
everybody in this country when it comes down to um whatever whatever the ethnicity or racial background may be because um for an Asian student going through the public school system they will not mention nothing about what the Asian America has contributed to this country and the same thing for um for the same thing for um Latino Americans they will not know anything about what they contributed to their own country or let alone their own history until they get to higher ed and yeah. and and this and the same thing goes for native americans as well and and other other marginalized groups that doesn't really have their voice being being shared or or, or even being heard when it comes down to history because all you do is hear about the same people about you know about washington about george washington um abraham lincoln and all these other guys and there's so many things that happen in the middle that we don't really get to hear we don't really get to hear about African-American inventors. It, it wasn't until, I think, like, what, three years? I think, yeah, three years ago that I found out that the same person who made the gas mask was the same person who made traffic lights. It was an African-American inventor. I didn't even know that. I believe his last name was Morgan. Yes. But that's that's one of the things that you have to look at, because what are, what are they looking at? Kind of put out is... That only white Americans do. They think people try to African culture can be different. Only white people, the intelligence to lead country, to be able to lead them to freedom. They only thought that. But they don't talk about that. Know that. Yeah, they, they, they really don't. And it's almost as if they just focus everything on on white centric or Eurocentric history, and and that's a big problem that we have in this country because if you go to if you go to pretty much any school district that's outside of just the suburbs, you're gonna find students of different a different diversity of different ethnic backgrounds, and for and for at least not telling them their history or telling them where their people come from. It's 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 essentially a tree one. But it's not even it's not even just not telling the history. It's the blatant lie. Christopher Columbus discovered America. How do you discover a civilization that was already well established? Good, well said. And that's because, like I said, everything about the way we share history is Eurocentric. It's all about Europe, all about Europe, all about Europe, all about black, all about white people. Now, there's a two point in slavery. The only time you ever hear anything mentioned about the black people in this country is just about slavery, man. No, yep. that's not the case. They was, they was and in all other countries, when, they, when they're teaching, they're teaching a well rounded of the United States so the other countries learn what we don't learn and we live here it's because Caucasians don't want to have a, a picture of them in a negative light in order to, to change that you must address what's negative so you see what's negative so you make the change if we never address what's negative what's been bad and put in a, a perspective that you don't like about the to you, you can't change it because as long as I feel comfortable, I'm not going to change them. I'm good. And that's so, a problem. I and think the biggest right. problem with the race, uh, critical race theory, trying to wipe it out. 
And here's one thing. I don't know if you did you have a chance to read some some of the other article. Is when they was at the point to take out Johnny Appleseed. Johnny Appleseed. Y'all want to take that out because of critical race. Hmm. That's that's not even really hitting a history that's trying to downplay us. You trying to downplay your own history about some right. Things. Right. Then while they out of they might as well get rid of Uncle Barry Sunday. That's on well, the not- <laughs> No. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. But that's on the list. Because of some of the things in there and how he was around black people and he used the N word, they're trying to get rid of that. Yeah. It's not because how they, they perceive it. And these are the conservatives of Trump who wants everything to be very whitewashed, does not want anybody to have anything that they need to address or it can be any negative life. Or if you are a protester or you against somebody, because you can't read the written stories in the schools in a couple of states, right? In all honesty, just to make my point in the, in the whole situation. Let's look at how South Africa handled the whole situation of, of post-apartheid. How they teach history. They they address it. Both white teachers, Afrikaner teachers, and, and native South African teachers address it, address it. They address it in the sense of this is something that happened. This is how it happened. And this is where we at now. But they address it in a way in which they address it in a way in which it doesn't where they, they, they speak on it. It's always, it's obviously, it's going to vary depending on the, the, the ethnicity or the race of the teacher. But nonetheless, it's still being discussed. Nonetheless, it's something that in which everybody who's in that history class, they will learn from that. Well, here, here's one thing I think, I think all of us know. You can teach information and it's on how each person is processing how they're going to learn. Your responsibility as an educator, teacher, or whatever a mentor is to give the information and give the, the whole information, give the whole truth to you, and let the person work through the information they receive. If we're not doing that, only giving them partial this, partial that, it's going to build up some trauma that they're not going to be ready for as an adult. And it's a problem, and and it's a huge problem. And, and even even now, now that I'm transitioning over to a new school, I am the only person of color there. I looked around. Is there anybody else black? Oh, I didn't see not one black person inside. Mm-hmm. You, you, I, there, there was a, a person that was like, um, I don't know if he was Middle Eastern or 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 what, but that was about the second darkest person in the room, and he was. <laughs> and, he, and he wasn't even nowhere near as dark as I. So I already know that's going to be one of those things in which, if given the opportunity, I will speak on whenever we talk about certain sections of history and actually have a dialogue-based discussion on it. But it's it's one of those things in which you don't really see people of color in education as much as you do when you see our Caucasian brothers in education. So whenever they take jobs teaching history, 
they might not feel like it's important or they might not feel as if it's urgent as somebody who is from a marginalized group or at least a minority group. So Toyo, what are what are the um the the overall looks from a uh, psychological point as a counselor? What's the looks of this when when they get to a certain age and how they're gonna look at things? Represented. Okay. That's in education. So the educators don't look like them. So they don't they can't relate to certain things. Uh-huh. And when they're not represented then they can't see themselves in those capacities. Yeah, eggs is So it's something that I think I saw in the next movie. When they when he said what he wants to be and they told him he could not ever be that because he was yeah. Even though he was intelligent and everything had the criteria right. to do it, but because he was a, because they felt he wasn't represented and they never thought a person of any color, and he remember Malcolm X was fair skinned, that yeah. he not able to get to that. You can't achieve that because the color of your skin. Yeah, and that's what too many people believe, and it's perpetuated throughout education, and it's more of. I mean, you'll get your occasional teachers that are well-versed, that are non-people of color, and they're well-versed in history, the real history, and they want to teach the students that. But like you said, across the curriculum, for that to happen. In fact, it's discouraged for that to happen. So teachers that think outside the box and try to enlighten their students so that at least they have a fighting chance out here. Those are the teachers that are labeled and blackballed most of the time. True. So the information still doesn't get to the students. And so, that's why as adults, we yeah. end up doing our own research and finding out for ourselves what it is. Okay, that's why I was going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jay. Now, both of us know, did you, did, I don't know how many years ago it was, they were trying to give a depiction of what Nefertini looked like, and they tried to make her like a, a Caucasian woman. Yeah. And when you looked up the region where she was born and where she was raised, and all of these things, the history and the genealogy and how she looked, I don't know how they could figure she was a white woman. But I mean, no, and they, no. they, look at how they, look at how they depict Jesus. Red hair and green eyes. From where? I am gonna I am gonna say this though. This is an interesting phenomenon though. I am gonna say this. Depending on the region, a lot of people tend to add characteristics of that region to Jesus. Like if you look at the way the Koreans depict Jesus, yeah. they'll make him look Asian. So that's something that's a phenomenon that happens um that happens more 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 um, often than what you think. But the problem with how we perceive Jesus now it's all because of colonialism. That's okay. the reason why he was seen as white, because wherever, wherever the people, um, let's just say the colonizers, went and they brought in their missionaries, 
because in order for them to actually go to places, they need to have the excuse they're spreading Christianity, um, wherever they want, they happen to bring in the same images and the same thing that they have from their region, which is done by Renaissance painters. So that's the reason why a lot of places in the world, we perceive Jesus to be like that. But when you truly look at it, he would look like pretty much anybody else in the Middle Eastern region, hero of wool. Yeah. And he would look, he would look, he would essentially look like a present day Palestinian. If you yeah. really want to, if you really want to take it there. Yeah. And the whole idea, even with the Christmas tree, how are you going to get a pine tree in the desert? Right. <laughs> like that's, right. that's the most pine trees only grow in places where it's, where it's snow where cold it's and, yeah. and you're not going to get that. At all. You, you're not even getting cactuses out there in that desert. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but but then again, there you go. That all comes in with the idea, um, the whole idea of colonialism, and we all accept it as a norm because that's what the majority group of people did, and we just follow along with it without actually thinking critically about it. Right. Well, that's where the whole argument comes up with the basis of critical race theory. Is to explore and to investigate these ideas or ideologies to see how factual they are. There's nothing that you give to a ten year old to try to figure this out. So right. we already know that's not in the in in a public school setting anyway. K through twelve, that's something that you don't start dissecting. But they want to they want to try to bring it to that when it was never there. Right. I think Jason, I can contest that because we both of us have been educators, both done in history, and we never saw that. Now, I, now I, I ain't gonna lie, I was always in trouble because I told <laughs> old history. I was yeah. always in trouble because it was like what that they always looked at me. That's not in the curriculum, but that's history, right? You see, me, I was I was fortunate enough to teach at an all black school. And which uh, and I wasn't a tested subject, so the administrators, there was on some, as long as you have the standard on the board and you're teaching the standards, go at it. But, yeah. th like, there'll be days of, like, after testing or whatever, I decide to pick up things and talk about a lesson. Now, here's an interesting thing about it. The kids, the uh, my students, they didn't know that slavery happened everywhere in this side of the world. Right. They didn't know that Brazil had the largest slave population in this side of the world. They didn't know that. They was bringing in slaves like it was a thing to do. They was the last place to stop bringing in slaves, and they was the last place to stop slavery. I believe I believe they ended the practice of slavery like in 1910 or something along those lines. Somewhere around that, around there. And they, they, brought, they, they taught this. The way the Brazilians treated slaves... The American slaves were almost treated like kings. Wow. If you knew the the severity of what they went through and all what they've been through. From Mexico on now, slaves were treated, oh my goodness. It was ridiculous. As a, as a matter of fact, to add on to what you're saying, there was one point in which if you used to get a slave from the Caribbean, especially from Jamaica, that hence that's where the word season came from, by the way. The term season, it came from a hardened slave. Mm -hmm. So with that being, yeah, that's where the term actually came from, but nobody liked to talk about that. But anyway, so whenever whenever they have a slave from, from the Caribbean, especially from Jamaica, they was worth way more than a slave slave from Africa because they were already broken. 
they already right. they already knew how to manage the field and and essentially work. So there was no need to break them in because it was already a quote unquote seasoned slave. I, I got quiet after that. <laughs> And depending on these uh, things, I compared to problems. That's going on in the. I think Miss Toy get a lot of feedback. So I tried to avoid from talking about this one, but I guess we better go ahead. Let's talk about the backlash and everything behind our R. Kelly trial. No, dang. My man got hit with Rico. That's how you know it was ready to throw the book at him. They hit him with Rico. Yeah, but you know how many emails I've gotten about why I haven't I talked about it yet? So I said, let me go ahead and talk about it a little bit. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about, about it. it. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I have to read into the actual trial to see what was the the rationale behind hitting him with Rico because Rico is used for for organized right. crime syndicates. Yeah. Well, if you look how how he kind of did it, it was almost in a format of organized crime because how he worked so many different girls through there, it was like he was running a brothel personally for himself and the way he had it organized and how many people in the hierarchy and everything was going on. So it kind of, how he ran it, fed in that category by law. And also he was doing it between um, crossing state lines. So once you right. cross, once you right. once you cross the state line, yeah, you're getting hit with Rico. That's a fe- that's federal right there. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Once and the thing was is this: this was a man who was so so foolish in the sense of he got away with it twice, and then he continued to push his luck. He got yeah. away with it with Aaliyah. He got away with it when that Kazaa video dropped. Yes, I said it, that Kazaa video. Yeah. And and then he just continued doing his thing. And he was doing his thing for for a span of, what, three decades? Yeah. Yeah. The thing that bothers me is it wasn't only him, yet he's the only one on trial. There's no way he did that operation by himself. The man yeah. can't read. So if we're going to say it, we got to say it all. He can't read. 
Mm. He did not yeah. do that all by himself. Yet he's the only one serving time by himself. I got a problem with that because everybody that helped him aided and abetted. And oh, that's a, be in jail too. Then if that's the case. Everybody, everybody involved with his with his contract, with his music contract back saying. in the nineteen thousands, they all need to go to jail too because they all knew this. Exactly. Is and now he's and talking about. And now he's talking about he gonna snitch on everybody in the industry that's been with underage girls. That's what you want to do? So you're gonna well, justify what you did? Well, I, I think he's trying to snitch to get some off of him. That's what it is. He's trying to reduce his jail time, so he's gonna rat on everybody. Well, he should but, snitch, and they should all get time, and his should not be reduced. I agree with that. If you want to be help the situation because you got right. and knowing this situation is consistent going on to stop the situation if you want to give that information fine but don't get that information look and say what can I get off of mine exactly no. what can I get out of it first of all you've already gotten what you're going to get out of it yeah you also have a problem with the parents of the young girls that willingly gave the, their daughters to him I have a problem with that but that's that's how it works whenever you're dealing with the with the feds. You're not gonna they 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 will be quick to play ball with anybody who cooperates. Oh, yeah, they will. They they love that. Oh, you snitching? All right, back. We yeah. can give you you give us you yeah. give us information. We'll gladly reduce some time from you, or we'll gladly or we'll, we'll gladly um I'll give you something, I'll reduce or even change the facility you in. So like that is not as bad. Oh, they love they love snitches, man. Listen, they'll give a they'll give a snitch steak a lot every night if they if they yeah. knock it down the entire operation. That was why that was why when Rico first came out, all these mafia dudes started ratting on yeah. each other. Yeah. Mainly yeah. the dudes from mainly the mafia from Philly. They were big, big time rats. Once Rico dropped, it was a game changer. They had dudes out here singing like canaries. So yeah. that's how the Fed operated. Not even with the Italian mafia, with other dudes. Boston is known for that. The Boston FBI, they are known for getting for be, for getting their hands just as dirty as the criminals they're going against. So that's how they operate. If you're willing to see, they're willing to listen. But these parents of these young girls that gave them to him, knowing his reputation, and even if it was a rumor, the fact that someone even could say that, should give them pause. Like, wait a minute. And you gave your daughter to this man. Hey, there. That's all it was. And hey, then hey, when the hey. money stopped, now you got a problem. See, I have a hey. problem with them. No, absolutely. Because no parent in their right exactly. mind will put a child in harm's way. I'm going to say, I know we're talking about Kelly, and I know I'm going off the rails here, but the same thing with Michael Jackson. Yeah. If, if something... If, if you heard something about this guy doing these things with kids, what makes you? What makes you? I don't care yeah. who it is. I don't care if that's if that's Neverland or, or Peter Pan. Exactly. Backyard, we ain't doing that. And but then not not even just that. You let them go by themselves. Yeah, big like, time are flag. You serious right now? Big time flag right there. Like, what makes you think? And you're right, Mike. Oh, no, it's R. Kelly, man. He's good. You don't know this guy, and you heard exactly. things about him. And you literally let your underage daughter go with this man. So now you're saying to him, 
it's okay to do whatever it is you want to do to my child. And let me remind, uh, when I see the documentary, a lot of the things that was being discussed, they were talking like in the mid-thousands here. We're talking like yeah. 2000, yeah. 2006. By that time, yeah, everybody already knew what time it was with him. And you exactly. First of all, why are you even letting your daughter go to a, to a, to a concert? A R. Kelly concert? As a minor? Uh, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I understand if you used to go see, I don't know, Bow Wow or... or, or or somebody right, who right. Like, someone more age appropriate, age exactly. Yeah, remotely close to your age group, but R. Kelly, really? A it's, guy that's like a guy lyrics, that's to be the, the girl's father. Exactly. You're gonna, nah, that's his lyrics alone tells you his mindset. <laughs> like, and in this case, you know how they say art imitates life. Hmm. <laughs> It don't get much plainer than that. Like, for real, that's what it is. And there's no way. I don't have daughters, but I have sons, and there's no way I would let my child go to one of R. Kelly concert and they're not of age. Two, go backstage and meet this man because he's identified them in the crowd as someone he would like to spend time with. No, sir, you shall not. And, like, you know they're talking about now, not just with R. Kelly's, because there's a lot of female R. Kelly's out there that's doing right. that to young boys. And let me tell you, I would have been caught a case if one of my son's teachers had ever attempted to do anything with one of my sons. And I told my sons that. I don't care what you think I'm going to do, you better tell me. Because if I find out later and you kept it from me, it's going to be me and you. After it's me and her, it's going to be me and you. And it's a weird... It's a weird dynamic whenever you change the, whenever you change the the, the genders around. It is because it's I, a I weird don't know If people don't expect it to be a female, or if people are just more offended when it's a female, I don't know. It's weird. You're right. You're right. Jay. You're right. It's Actually, weird. it's almost in the sense of like whenever whenever it's changed around, when the older woman goes after a younger, yeah, it's almost as if the male is praised for that. Right. Even right. Though, although he was being manipulated and used. Right. It, you know, not to say that it, they obviously can be traumatized depending on how they um, interpret the situation, but it's safe to assume that, yes, there were, there is going to be some form of trauma because of the yep. fact that they were being manipulated emotionally and physically. Yep. However, society sees it as, oh, you got with her? Yo, that's what's up. Yo, you got with your teacher? They praise it yeah. and applaud. And encourage yeah. you. Yeah. But God forbid if it was God forbid if it wasn't if it wasn't a parent's if it wasn't a father's son to go through it, if it was a father's right. daughter, oh, it's right. over. The guy's died. That's right. That's right. And it's equally as damaging. Yeah. Precisely. And maybe like literally, maybe more so when it's a boy, because boys tend not to say and they hold all of that stuff in, and then it plays itself out in other ways later on. Yeah, you you're right, especially especially if it's if it's if it's male on male. Yeah. That's what that's that's when the, that's when you start to see random hyper aggression. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing more, that people are not talking about. That's what he did that too. That's not yep. a it came out too, yeah. Oh yeah. 
it just wasn't with female. He when he had pedophilia, it was not just to one gender. Yeah. It was to all, and it was to yeah. all to satisfy him. Now yeah. my I'm finna put out there. This was done to him. Yeah. Why when people knew it was done to him, nothing was done to break this for him, life. right? Because if not, if it's not dealt with, what's it gonna do it? Normalize it, he's gonna do it and not gonna think nothing wrong was wrong with it. Because he don't he don't think nothing was wrong with what he did. Right. And that's the but crazy thing. A lot part. of them don't. A lot a lot of them don't. The pedophilia, they don't they don't see the problem in their actions. They could recognize it in somebody else, but they mm-hmm. don't see the problem in their actions. And truth be told, his wife is culpable too. Because she knew what he was doing. She didn't start saying stuff until the trial and all that stuff. But that makes you accountable as well. You can't know something like that is happening to people's children. Just because it's not your children it's happening to. Somebody's child is happening to. And you don't say nothing, you turn a blind eye because he's giving you the lifestyle to which you've become accustomed. Yeah, her ass should be in jail too. Hey. You you said it, but I'm a, hey, like you said, when it comes down to money, a lot of people yeah. will turn the blind eye and play the go yep. go for his cup. A lot of people will go stupid to things when they're talking yep. about money. Yep. Let's be honest, halftime we didn't know our kid was married when he was married to him. Sure didn't. It was a well kept secret. Well kept. Nah. Everybody that was black knew this. What? Anybody, anybody who was involved with the African American community, they already knew R. Kelly. R. Kelly, R. Kelly was R. Kelly. It's the people now. It's like, oh my God. No, he, my, that he was married. That he was no, married. we didn't know he was married. Oh, that he was married. Oh, my bad. Yeah, that was that was a secret. When it kind of came out, time R. Kelly's wife is divorced. I'm like, hold on, when he got married? Because that's how we. That's how it kind of hit us. Should be R. Kelly ex-wife. I think R. I R. Kelly was married. With the stepping step in the name of love video, uh-huh. when she choreographed it, I think that's when I started hearing about her. And he was already, but which trial had it just ended with that one? Yeah, because it and offered that's another thing. It, it's so many trials and al- allegations, and then things just get magically swept away. He's paying them all. All of a sudden, it's a major. You know what I'm saying? Well, he can't just pay them off anymore. The checks were gagging people's mouths. That's what he was right. doing. Right. He was hitting people on NDAs. Like, here you go. Not yeah. A bunch of non-disclosures. Here you go. You got yourself an There's a lawyer that had to draw that up. He should be in jail. He or she should be in jail, too. Because somebody uh, had that. It's no way he facilitated this whole operation by himself. But at, the, but at the same time, it goes back to what I said. Money is motivating these people. Like, because yeah. the thing about the lawyer's job, if you want to be honest with you, the best lawyer is a lawyer with no morality. Yeah, yeah. The best lawyer is no yeah. Like, you're talking about a lawyer that knows this guy over here right. doing all, a whole bunch of damage to a whole bunch of kids. But yeah. you know what? He's going to do his job to the fullest, keep his emotions yeah. out. He, that, that, that guy probably got daughters of his own. But he ain't yeah. thinking about it like that. He's thinking about, right. that's my client. Let me handle this guy. Give him the equal protection under the law that I, the best that I can. Right. Because see, then I'm thinking, 
the what's to keep R. Kelly from having messed with his lawyer's children? His lawyer. There's no morality. Like there's no morality. So it's not like he. Oh, it's not like anybody's off limits. Clearly. But the thing about but the thing about these guys is this: the lawyers, the lawyers like that is this. They they don't care what their clients do until it until it affects them in their personal lives. Yeah, it's like yeah. that with anybody. I don't care what yeah. you do, but my family's off limits. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with 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 with, with, with certain sociopaths. With sociopath, actually, sociopaths in general. Sociopaths will not hurt people that they know or have a relationship right. with. But they will, but they will, they will torment others. Right, right. And, and it kind of works the same way. And right, and, and let's go back to the whole um, R. Kelly pedophilia thing. Is this the thing about it? Is that a lot of people like to confuse this thing as as he's a sex craze? No. What it is is all about dominance because when you look at how he did it, right. it was it's strictly control. about yeah. power and control. Yeah. All about control, really. Yep. Especially when he was, yep. was running that brothel in Atlanta. Yep. They had to text him to go to the bathroom. They had all of that was yep. done strictly for control. And I don't even know why and they texted him to read. Right. And that kind of speaks to his inability to have control over every other aspect of his life. So he had to seize control where he could. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> no, but that's facts. You just said yeah, like, it's crazy that I understand it and can explain it, but it's it's crazy. Like, I don't know. It's it's I don't know. Well, your back it's unnerving. It's it, unnerving to me. Your your education, your background, help you explain it. But you can't, you can't possibly. I can't wrap my mind around that. Like, yeah. what? I just feel like all these people that commit all these major crimes, if they put their mind to the to good, like for good, we would be like they would be a force to be reckoned with. But no, they want to do these crazy things, breaking laws and hurting people, and creating toxicity where it doesn't need to be. All for some thrills. Lack of direction. Yeah. You can't expect yeah. somebody to know better. They wasn't shown better. Like I have, I have, you know, I, I work with children who have been traumatized, and a lot of times we as adults forget that these children come with adult-sized problems in children's bodies, and if we don't deal with them as children. We're going to have more adults like R. Kelly and Jeffrey Dahmer. And what's the other man? They just had a documentary about him. There's a whole bunch of them. DC Sniper. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're going to have generations of that to come that come with some pretty hefty adult problems that fester and grow. But I think we have that now. We just have yeah. for the manifestation of it. I think we really have that now. If we look at our our children, that's between right, um, some say sixteen to nineteen. Yeah, you already see it festering just below yeah. the surface, and it's taking one thing, and we're going to see the full manifestation of it. 
because it's been so long. And I'm gonna say this: and Jay has worked that well. We we worked that. Okay. And those that uh, issues and real trauma and things are not truly dealt with. Yeah. They brush them along, send to somebody yeah. want to talk to them about an hour a week, or maybe two hours a week. Think that's enough, and uh, the issue. And the root issue is still there. And they yeah. just move around from place to place. And then they become the adult with the issue that it seems to have been, been fed and have been growing as a monster in their mind. And then the yeah. one day that that one straw comes on them, the whole monster comes out. Yeah. Because what's the statistics of kids that end up in the group homes in foster care and then going to jail or dead or homeless? It is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Believe it looking over seventy percent. I'm sorry? Last time I looked it was over seventy percent. Look at that. Seven out of ten. Yep. Mm-mm-mm. And the thing is is this, like back to what you were saying about the whole generation thing, like even even the way in which they communicate with one another, the way in which they interpret things, the way they even display emotions, is almost as yeah. if they zombies. Yeah. And they do not know how to hold a conversation that goes beyond things that are entertaining or, yeah. or, or, or even have the expansion, the, the intention span to, to, to engage in something deeper than a 15 second, than a 15 second video. And the first it's, thing that the psychiatrists want to do is pump them full of meds. Nah, let's not get started with the field of psychiatry. With the what wrong meds doing? and the wrong diagnosis. Yeah, but I'm like, what is that doing for you? Nothing. The fear of psychiatry to me. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Okay, I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> now nah, I was gonna say the fear of psychiatry is the biggest, is the biggest ripoff, the biggest yep. hustle out there. Because the yep. thing is, is, yes, they have to study psychology. They are psychologists first, but because of the fact that they do that three years in med school, they are officially. Um, um, credible on paper to describe meds, but the thing is, they prescribe these meds, and they don't use none of the things in psychology. They're right. worried about oh, writing the prescriptions. Yep. The psychologist is the ones to do it, and even then, some psychologists, depending on the state, they gotta go to a psychiatrist, and a psychiatrist yep. just read the case notes, read the session, and say, you know what? Yeah, hit them with antidepressant. Oh, that sounds like anxiety. Hit them with anxiety. Oh, they have PTSD. Hit them with yep. um. Hit them with a Vyvanse or, or something along yep. those lines. Yep. And that's what they do. They do not yep. apply any of the things that they had to learn for when it comes down to actually doing sessions. You might find some psychiatrists that do, but the majority of them, yep. they will not invest that. They won't even invest time into doing sessions. Mm-hmm. They'll just write the dope for the psychologists to do all that. Yep. And that is a huge problem in this country. The, the field of psychiatry is a racket. Yep. It's big pharma. Mm-hmm. Now, nah, let, let's not get started on that. That's a separate monster. But they are part of that. They are part of that Goliath of a problem that we have in yep. this country. Yep. And, and the thing, too, that a lot of people don't realize is that the symptoms of PTSD, the symptoms of trauma, it goes it goes neck to neck with the symptoms of the, of, of ADHD. This kid don't have ADHD. Say it again. The, the symptoms 
that you see from kids that are severely traumatized, mm-hmm. it goes it goes neck to neck with the children that you see that kids with ADHD. Yeah. So the kid doesn't like, and, and that's the thing. So we got these kids, we got these kids out here that go to some horrific things at home, and yep. people think that he has ADHD, but it's that's not really the case entirely. And it's yeah. easy to overdiagnose. Hit him with, with Adderall. Hit him with Vicodin. Hit him yeah. with Clonidine. I don't recommend that, but anyway, with Clonidine. And rather than actually seeing what's really going on with this young man, young woman, because of one of my one of the students that I had, we got blessed hard. It turns our behavior radically changed, and it turns out from me speaking with another colleague that a father was touching on. And yeah. they'll be touched by she was attached. And it took and it took me talking to her about it and us crying together across the park. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that that tend to fall like within the cracks or get swept under the rug when it comes out to But then psychiatrists that you was talking about, Jay, are quick to label black and brown children with ADHD when that's not even the case at all. None. It just has to do with the fact of the limited resources that is available in those yep. neighborhoods. Like, why is it that say, they have more liquor store than rec centers? Right, right. Why I is it that literally every, just saying that yesterday? <laughs> why is it? Yeah, every, liquor stores more than than the rec centers. Why is it that the that the only form of business that they have are are ran down are ran down businesses or yeah. or the only thing or or, or they don't have access to things that are that that can help them. It's like if, yeah. you, if you go to our neighborhoods in, in, in the city of Orlando, you could just tell. Yeah. Cat, check cash in place, liquor stores, crickets yeah. um, and boost mobiles. Yeah. Like all the ran down business businesses yeah. that don't really do anything. And then when you go to other neighborhoods, there's a nice park with trees, um, a bunch of things in which they could do, rec centers, yeah. um, libraries, things in which that could that enriches the, the, the environment in which uh, the kids are in. Even, even the apartment complexes now, taking out basketball courts in the hood and putting tennis courts because they don't want the black and brown children in the neighborhoods playing basketball. Man, I see the tennis courts as a way of, it's like a soft flag of letting you know, yeah, your neighborhood gets yeah. bought. And then when you see a Starbucks there or a Jamba Juice, you're done. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. it. Pack up your stuff, yo. You're going, you're going to the other side of town. Keep going. Yep. But I have That's what's going on in Paramount. Yes. They're regentrification. Happening right now in Paramount. But this... I have an example. My son was, um, he was exhibiting some behaviors. And it was, it was getting to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to end up catching the case. I'm going to put my hands on him and I'm going to hurt him. And then I'm going to be in trouble. So we got to do something. And I took him to a children's psychiatric hospital. And it wasn't a psychiatrist. It was a nurse practitioner. And she stood there and said, oh, your son is like a genius. I'm like, why would you tell him that? And then you're going to prescribe him medication. Like, I don't understand. And she gave him, I I can't remember the, the medication, but it was for ADHD. My son did not have ADHD. And I tried to tell her that, but because I didn't have a PhD, she wasn't listening to me. 
And I was trying oh, to explain oh. to her, if he can't focus in school, like, because he's bored, then that's different than him not being able to focus because he can't focus, like a chemical imbalance. Because if he sits there and plays a game for four hours straight, he can focus. And the psychotropic meds that she gave him, the side effects, like how some medications, you have the side effects for about two weeks and then they taper off. Those meds, the side effects are ongoing because your body never really adjusts to taking that medication. That's true. So he had crying fits and wanting to hurt himself for others, whereas that wasn't even an issue before the medication. So it created a whole new set of problems. And when I went back, I said, you know what? My child is not coming here again because y'all are not doing right by him. Y'all are not... Y'all are not making sure that he has the best care possible. And I don't know how these other mothers do it, but I won't be that one that just wants to pump my child with medication because you said this is what's best for him. And and the thing is, is that this, every parent, I'm not going to say every parent, but I, I'm just assuming that every parent will want what's best for their child in one way or another. And right. A lot of them tend to be very ignorant when it comes down not a lot, but a good amount of parents tend to be very ignorant when it comes to this because they think that the person that is credible on paper right. knows best. And can you really blame them? That's true. And 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 it's a hard thing to, to address because now that I know what I know, my whole take on medication is see how this kid responds without medication. Right. And see if it's the same as if they on it. Because I've seen kids that are 100% legitimately ADHD. It's night yes. and day. They stop taking their medication. Yep. Kids bouncing off the wall. Yep. Kids out there getting in trouble. And it's automatic. The kids will always get in trouble when they are not on their medication. Yep. Because they can't help it. But when they're on their medication, it's a completely different child. Mm-hmm. So it... So in that in that regards, yes, yeah, some kids do need medication. I'm not saying that the medication. I'm not saying that ADHD is a myth. I'll, I'll sound foolish saying that, but I am saying that I am going to say that they overdiagnose kids with ADHD, and nobody really takes the time to teach pro social skills when it comes down to right. with it. For example, like if a kid. If a kid is on changing the subject, or if a kid's not interested, all right, maybe maybe that, that something's going on there. Maybe what they find is boring. What what seven year old know? What seven year old know will actually sit down and read a seven year old you know is actually going to be sitting down. Right. Um, and it's not until they like what 13 14 that they can actually sit down and actually function properly in in the school but that's the thing and oh and and i know and i know we was talking about but a traditional conventional school system is not really good for you 
That was not for that was not for women. That was not for young girls. Right. They can call it all this On average, all mostly have A's and B's. It's the females. Especially with classes like English or classes that require for you to actually think and read. Girls will always excel boys. But if you give if you give something that's instruction based, boys tend to do better in a sense when it comes down to math. I'm not saying yeah. that boys are always going to be better than girls in math. Not, that's not what I'm implying. I'm just saying statistically speaking, that's just being yeah. sad. And and the way the conventional school system works is that it doesn't really work well for boys. And then not to mention, it doesn't really work well for young men of color in the sense of when you look at who's teaching the classroom, it, it also brings another effect on it. It's, it's like a never-ending domino effect when you truly take the time to spice it and digest it and, and see and see for what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> well, what you're saying, Jay, and I know you're hearing it. Remember, um, I can't remember his first name, but I remember his name was Dr. Perry. He created a whole academy in the D.C. DMV area for black boys, and his success rate has been 100% because he, he figured out the formula to teach boys of color and figure out the formula how to get to the ones who have some problems but they think they're ADHD or they're very intelligent and get bored easily. He's figured out the formula and how to keep them occupied, keep them in school, keep them successful. But as Jay's bringing up a point that we've already talked about, I think before, is the traditional public school is not made for these children of color because the whole format was only geared for children that were Caucasian or mostly white females. Mm-hmm. For that white female, it was only white males because they didn't believe a woman's right to learn was there. Right. People would be right. quiet, sit at home, and do nothing and just yep. have babies make sure the house is clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to bring that up a whole other day. That, that, that still go back to the critical uh, critical race theory about that too because it brings up that day. But all of this we're talking about today is about getting identifying the issues, exposing the whole truth to make you face what the issue is so you have a sense of correction. If I've never bring up the issue, never show you, like, Tori, we got a problem going on. If I never say what the issue is, how about how I'm going to issue? Jay, if you said something I didn't like, but I never said nothing, I just start acting funny to you, how that's going to work? Oh, that terminate me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I apparently never get ready enough for something, but I currently hold out against me from employment. Yeah, that part. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, my bad, my bad. I, somebody's obviously feeling salty about something. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you'll never do that, how are we gonna fix the issue? Hmm. How are we gonna address it? America, you listen. It. Critical race theory is not here to make you look bad. It's just to make you direct your behaviors. Our kids, yeah. you could have had your behaviors corrected. Somebody really would have helped you after you were molested by a man and a woman. Yeah. Behaviors could have been corrected. All these things could have been corrected, been preventable, but we but we have done what we've always done, brushed under the rug or whitewashed it, and now we have this generation and all of this going on now. Yep. I am going to say this, though. Why is it 
why is it that when it comes down to the Confederate flag, people tend to be like, oh, it's not racist. It's just uh, tradition. No, it's, the- it's racist. And even then, it's not even an accurate Confederate flag. That is the, that is the battle flag. So it's already an aggressive flag. Yeah. But you tend to say it's tradition. Okay. Not- <laughs> Sorry? What are you it's saying? Not-, not tradition. It's a lie. It's a lot that y'all have uh, perpetuated over the years to make it to be seen right. This is why they don't want those things and those things taught so people are not educated. I, I will go back to a biblical principle. People perish for a lack of knowledge. If this is what a, what, what white conservative American that believe in the Trumpism and all of the things they do, they want that to happen. happen. But realize if we want that to happen, it's going to hit you harder than it would hit us because we still can research and find teach out there. Mm. When y'all have created this and when something brings it up to you and put it in your face, you don't even know how to answer the questions. Mm. Yep. And and that's and that's a huge problem. And a lot of people say, oh no, that's just the flag that we use to show every country and use the dang American flag. What's wrong with that? Right. What's wrong with the American flag? Why why do you need this 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 off brand American flag? Exactly. And there's a reason, and that's the thing. And 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 one of one of the clients at the placement I work at now tried to explain that to me, and I, I try to educate them. I I told them straight up. I understand. I understand why why um you know people that are country or as you call them redneck tend to wear tend to use that flag, but there's nothing wrong with an American flag. And I'm right. not gonna say everybody who has that flag is racist, but I'm gonna put it to you like this. There's a reason why in Nazi. There's a reason why in Germany the Nazi flag is not allowed to be flown, or even shown. Exactly. And he yeah. and he looked at me. I'm like, but no, but the Nazis are different. I'm like, all right. So what's the difference between the Nazis and the Confederacy? How is it different? When the no, yeah, remind me. He's an eighth grader, but I'm 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 having him think about this. And he's like this. Um, one one killed a whole bunch of Jewish people because they were Jewish. Okay, what about the Confederates? Um, they just fought against the. They just, they just fought against the North. Why? Um, because the North didn't want them to have slaves anymore. Okay, so what exactly? So how did slavery look in the South? Okay, I, I get what you're trying to do, but it's not like that anymore. Right. But it, it's not, But the message is still there. Yeah. And that's the thing where a lot of people tend to di- get the disconnection. They like to say that we're in a different time now. We're in a different time, but that flag still represents the same thing. Exactly. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When did slavery end? Both of y'all should know this answer. 1864, official, no, the proclamation of 1867. It's still going now. Hold on. No, nah, that's, nah, that's economic slavery. That's a different, that's no, a different no. discussion. <laughs> Got it. 13th Amendment. Remember? Okay. Then the reconstruction. How long did that last? <clears throat> okay. What? <laughs> Just stay what, like ten, like ten years, <laughs> if okay. that. Okay, and then we had Jim Crow laws, correct? Right. Jim right. Crow lasted until the fifties, going into the sixties, correct? Yes. Yes. So, so in the sixties, that one, but fifty years ago, correct? Right. Right. How much do you think that we supposed to just say? That was that, that. That was just a little while ago. We have people who are still alive that still have issues going to vote because they've seen so much trauma 
what was yeah. going on. So how do you expect a group of people that was oppressed by another group that was shut down and had laws to create that they would keep them in, in line as they wanted to, to be able to just say, oh, that was just a few years ago. Yeah. Listen, man, you're going to open up a kind of worm, Charles, because I do not want to talk about how redlining existed. I do not want to talk yes. about how ethnic groups were divided like yes. like, yes. like, like, like groceries. I do not want to yes. go into those details because you and I both know this easily lasts another hour. I know, but that's that's that, that, I'm just bringing that up. I'm probably just setting up for the next next um, podcast anyway. I'm just letting you know. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just let you know. Uh, because here's the thing: if we want to abolish and get rid of critical race theory, get rid of um, of children not getting properly treated and educated and learning what's going on with them, so not just pill popping them. And we want to get past those things. We have to start getting out to the root and what was put into law. And we have to get in and address that. We cannot whitewash this country and expect it to move forward. If you would take every ethnic group out of this country, what would you be doing? Because I hate to tell you, they ain't going to like this, but a lot of are lazy. If they was to take out every ethnic group in this country, listen, this country will be this country will be drier. This country will be Utah. Yeah. This country will be Wyoming. You know how bland it will be? No NBA, no NFL. Oh, well, no NFL. That's it. They lose it. They mad. Yeah. All these, yeah. all these, all these fantasy, these fantasy dream makers, fantasy team managers, they listen, they will hate it. No music. There'll be some music, but there'll be no music to actually enjoy. Because because the thing about the thing about the the thing about certain white folks is this. They will gladly embrace the 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 the, the black culture. They will gladly embrace the black music, but not the black people. Right. Yep. They'll be bumping to that trap music, but they don't want them in their neighborhood. They'll they'll gladly rock the same clothes they wear, but they don't want them anywhere around them. Hairstyles. Oh, the hairstyles, the lips, the surgeries. Yep. Yep. They want to be a nigga, but they don't want to be a nigga. Yep. <laughs> I love that. I would say it like Lacey. I need that on a shirt. I need that on a shirt. No, I said like Lacey. <laughs> you want to sing my blues, but don't want to live my blues. Lacey, mm-hmm. all the Renaissance. Remember that. <laughs> I, I, I'm calling. I'm calling Paul Mooney with that one. By the way. Paul Mooney. May he rest in peace. Mouth. Jeez. You had to be careful with the Paul Mooney show. But anyway, you know, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up on that point right there. We got some motorcycles okay. about next week. We're going to talk about I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. I'm, I'm going to let you run the next show, Jay. I want you to talk about the redlining and what yes. they did to create so we would not have the same economic wealth. The economic wealth, yeah. And I would gladly like to talk about how the North was just as racist as the South, except that it was more covert. I would gladly talk about yeah. that. Yeah. All right. All right. We on for that. We gonna set up that date. I'm gonna thank you, Toya, for tuning for uh, being a host again. Jay, my my dog, my friend, my confidant. We, I'm glad you. I <laughs> <laughs> co-host for this. We glad you came back on this this episode. And this is us signing off. We're not making very podcasts.
See y'all later. Bye. Adios.